get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And always great to have of ESPN's Tim Kirkchen, who's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Tim, it's always good to talk baseball in St. Louis with you. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing well, everyone. How are you guys? We're doing great here in St. Louis. Our team isn't doing so great. But you know what's interesting is that there's always something compelling. As mediocre as the Cardinals have been, last night they blow a 7-3 lead and they lose 11-7. And so there's no apathy. There's just uh, something to talk about. Anger this morning. Yeah, that was a bad loss. Uh, I mean, to come back the way they had recently to get themselves back in, in it and then to lose a game that you're up by six runs against the Pirates. If this doesn't work out and they don't make the playoffs, they may point back to this game. They had won 284 straight games in which they had a six run lead. And then last night they lost. And you just can't do that at the end of August when you're chasing down a couple of really hot teams, including the Reds, in your own division. And, you know, they're two games over 500. They've been outscored by 27 runs. They're 13 out of first. It's And four and a half out of that second wild card, that, that's a tough road now. Tim, Cardinals fans did get a bit of good news this week, though, once we found out that Yadier Molina would be coming back for next season on a one-year deal, and he said it was going to be his last year playing baseball. From a historical perspective, what's your viewpoint of Yadier Molina? Well, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer, period. Uh, The defense separates him from so many others the durability and now that he's got you know 2,000 hits that really helps and now that he's been a pretty darn good offensive player maybe better later in his career than earlier I think you put it all together you recognize the the importance of defense behind the plate and recognize that maybe no one has ever run a game quite like he has run a pitching staff quite like he has so he's going to the Hall of Fame one more year. Always helps to run those numbers up a little bit more. But he's going in. There's no doubt about that in my mind. It's interesting. We were just having a conversation. Would you bring, and we know Yachty's back, would Wayno come back, and would you bring Albert Pujols back to St. Louis? Um, considering that we all believe that the DH will be in the National League uh, next year. What, what's your position on that? What would you do? Um, I would see how Albert finishes this season. And if he finishes strong with the Dodgers, who knows? They might want him to come back. Right. He's been such an instrumental guy on their team, 
especially in the clubhouse. And then, of course, as you said, we have to make sure that there's a DH in the National League next year, and I'm not sure of anything when it comes to this next CBA, then yes, that would help things because you just can't bring Albert Pujols in when Paul Goldschmidt's your first baseman every day. So would I bring Albert Pujols back? Yes, I would, but only if you have a DH, only if you have spot a spot for him to play, and only if he finishes strong and wants to come back. Otherwise, it really doesn't make enough sense. He's really not an everyday DH, though, is he, at this point in his career? I was making that point earlier. I mean, you're looking at him. If he comes back, he's hitting against left-handed pitching, maybe the occasional day off for Goldie. Maybe he's occasionally your DH. You know, Maybe for fans that haven't seen, you can explain how he's been used with the Dodgers and then how also he would be used going forward if he plays. Yeah, just just like you said, he's not an everyday DH. He is the oldest player in the major leagues. Even Albert Pujols slows down, which, of course, he has in the last several years. And even though he's been healthier this year, there's just I, – I would be surprised if he could play another whole year given – his age and everything that he's been through. But if he if he decides he'll take a limited role, pinch hitter here, DH there, first baseman once every two weeks, I think he can play another year. But Albert's a very proud guy, and he, he doesn't want to just come back just to come back. He wants to be productive, and he's been, you know, kind of productive for the Dodgers. He's gotten some big hits for them, and that's that's good enough for him in, a, in another pennant race. ESPN's Tim Kirchner with us on 101. ESPN. And Tim, one of the things that, especially late in their careers, Yachty and Wayno have talked about is that they're very proud of having only worn one jersey. And heck, in the history of the Cardinals, even before free agency, the only Hall of Famers the Cardinals have had that have never played for another franchise are Musial and Gibson. So Yachty would would join that group. Do you get the sense around baseball? And there's still a few guys out there. Votto, I think Buster, Buster Posey will probably end his career as a member of the Giants. Do you get the sense that players, even now with free agency and all the moves that are made, take a great deal of pride in only playing for one franchise? Well, it's certainly not like it used to be. I mean, when Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn would think about those things, Brooks Robinson, and as you said, Musial and Gibson, it was a big deal back then. There was a, it wasn't just pride in, in your team. There was pride in your league. I'm a National League player, and I'm going to play that way for the rest of my career. But, yeah, I, I just think, and it's not the player's fault. I just think the way the industry works now with free agency and so many opportunities and sometimes the lack of loyalty from the players and the lack of loyalty from organizations makes it really difficult to stay your entire career with one team. I just know the greatest Hall of Fame induction I've ever been to was Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn, and I've been to at least 10 of them. Um, but it was important because they did spend their whole year, their whole career with one team. That matters a lot to me. But you know, it's a business decision anymore, which is going to cut down on the number of players that can do that. One time in the '90s, there was a rumor that the Cardinals were interested in Gwynn, and I asked him later, much later, I said, "How did you never wind up here with another team?" And he said, "Man, I'm a Padre. <laughs> you, you, you talk to Tony enough, and you can hear him say that. But that's just a guy from San Diego, and that's what he wanted to." be and that's who he was yeah um but tony loved st louis as you guys know and i'm sure i told you this story before but he told me you know he got hit number three thousand in montreal and the next road the next 
stop on the road on that trip was St. Louis. And he told me, he said, well, I kind of wish I'd waited one more game to get 3,000 because then I would have gotten it in St. Louis. Because other than San Diego, he told me, the next best place, he said, to get number 3,000 would have been St. Louis because, as he said, uh, people there really appreciate what they're watching. Speaking of the Padres, Tim, they are on quite the free fall right now. They've won two out of their last 14. When we wake up every morning and we check the standings, the Padres right there in front of the Cardinals. But despite the Cardinals struggles, I can't imagine what the Padres fan base feels right now. Yeah, they have really labored here. You know, they have not been a good offensive team all year. It's just been masked by the greatness of Fernando Tatis Jr. Now they just finished a three-game series against the Dodgers where they batted 090 in a three-game series. The Dodgers have never had a three-game series against any team where they held that team to an 090 batting average. So they're not a good offensive team unless – Tatis carries them, and but the big thing is they haven't pitched very well at all. I mean, for the last month and a half, that great pitching has really, really stumbled, led, of course, by Hugh Darvish, who has struggled tremendously. I mean, he's he's got an ERA, let's see, 6.97 since July the 1st, and when your starting pitching falls apart, you know, so does your whole staff because your bullpen is taxed. So I did not see this coming. I was sure they would be a playoff team, and now I think the Reds are going to beat them out for that second wild card. And yet on the flip side, you look at that uh, series, Max Scherzer goes on the mound last night for the Dodgers after such a long game and the bullpen tax the night before and he takes the ball like an ace does and and he's shoving. He, he was awesome. Um, the difference with the Dodgers now with the addition of Scherzer, what do you think it, it, it should be like in postseason play? Well, I love what the Giants are doing. They're 39 games over 500, but I still think the Dodgers are going to be the team to beat going into October because of what they did last year, because of the depth and talent on that team, but mostly because of what they did at the trade deadline. They got the best pitcher available at the trade deadline in Max Scherzer. They got the best position player at the trade deadline in Trey Turner. And Scherzer is, he's, crazy it's it's a great crazy he loves the postseason as much as anyone i've ever met and now he smells another championship he's been great with the dodgers since he got there and even if clayton kershaw doesn't come back or doesn't come back 100 percent as a starting pitcher they're still in pretty good shape with scherzer walker bueller uh julio urias at the top of that rotation so i would make them the favorite heading to october unless something really goes wrong Tim, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, baseball people have said to you in regards to the way the game is played that it'll swing back and we'll get back to a more athletic game. And I watched the Yankees, who had 20 stolen bases before the All-Star break. They've had 34 stolen bases since the All-Star break, and that has led to an aggressive, high-scoring offense. It, obviously, the additions of Gallo and Rizzo have something to do with that, too. But my, my question is, you hear people talk about it. Do you think baseball is going to swing back and get away from the home run or walk offense or strike out and get back to a more athletic on base running type game? Well, I certainly hope so. And yes, there are signs, small signs that that's going to happen. I did a game on TV this year where we had three bunts, sacrifice bunts. One was a squeeze in the same game. I almost started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those things don't happen anymore. I saw a beautifully executed hit and run the other day. That that stuff doesn't happen anymore. And I think the industry is recognizing just what you said. Too many walks, too many strikeouts, and too many homers sometimes makes the greatest game ever invented spectacularly boring on certain nights. And that needs to change. I just covered the Little League World Series for ESPN. I did like 10 games. And it was obvious. The 12-year-old get the ball stand on the rubber, throws over the plate, and the hitters swing at it. And a lot of them put it in play. That's where the action is. It's amazing that the big leaguers could learn something watching the games from Williamsport. How about the other night, the 16-inning game between the Padres and the Dodgers? Seven extra innings with a runner starting at second base and not one successful bunt in those seven extra innings and only one bunt attempted in those seven extra innings. Yeah, that's the discouraging part is, look, our players are bigger, faster, stronger, better than ever. And one reason our hitters have so much trouble is I've never seen pitching like this. Never this kind of stuff ever. However, this extra inning rule, which I am totally against in a traditional regular season, it personifies how bad so many of our hitters are at situational baseball, moving a runner 90 feet with a bunch or a ground ball. They're not very good at it because the industry doesn't ask them to be good at it. It asks them to get on with a walk or hit a home run. And if you strike out in between a bunch of times, that's okay too. So once the industry starts to incentivize those who can move people along, who can hit for a high batting average and can do something other than walk, strike out and hit a home run, that's when the game will change. But it's going to take a while. But I think slowly we're starting to look in that direction. In the same vein, Tim, your colleague Jesse Rogers has a great piece up at ESPN.com where he interviewed Major League Baseball players and asked them what they would change about their sport. We're going to talk about this later in the show, but one of the questions that he posed to them was, if you were commissioner for a day, what would you do? So I want to ask you, Tim Kirkshin, you've been in baseball for a very long time. If you were commissioner for a day, what would you do to change baseball? Well, I would get rid of the extra inning rule. I would get rid of seven inning doubleheaders. I would get rid of the three batter minimum, and I would go back to the way the game's supposed to be played. However, that's probably, I have to do something more drastic than that. So Mark Teixeira has convinced me that getting rid of the shift would help. I think we should put two guys on each side of second base. I think all the infielders need to start the play on the infield dirt. I think that way, you you have a better chance of hitter saying, hey, I can get a hit here. Because now a big left-handed hitter looks at the field. He sees three guys playing on the right side. And he says, well, I can't hit it through there, so I have to hit it over the shift. And by trying to hit it over the shift, that's where the walks, homers, and strikeouts come from. Maybe if that same hitter looks at the field and says – you know, if I hit a hard ground ball up the middle or a line drive up the middle, I'm going to get a hit here. And maybe that's going to promote a different kind of game. So do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I understand that chips are important? I really do. But if we're going to change things immediately, I think we should at least try that and see how it goes. I'm curious, when you were covering the uh, the Little League World Series, who were the kids' favorite players? Was it Trout? Was it Otani? Is it Albert? Is it Yachty? Is it whoever? Or are they more into other sports and they're saying, no, no, I love LeBron or I love that guy? What, what was that like? Uh, it was mostly, if not all, baseball players. I did a I did a Oregon game, and there were a lot of Dame Lillard fans, which uh-huh. they should be, because other than Steph Curry, I have never 
seen anybody shoot that well from that deep in my life. Those three guys, Thompson, Curry, and Dame Lillard, we've never seen those three guys before in the history of the NBA. But most of our baseball kids had Trout. They were mostly Trout and Otani. There was some... There were some Jeters in there. There was an Adrian Beltre in there. I love that. There were a couple of Yadier Molinas in there. So it was an interesting, eclectic group of names in there. But mostly it was baseball players, which was good to see. Yes. And most of them were the, the current stars of the game. Tim Kirkson, it's always great to hear your voice. As you know, we love your work on ESPN, on all the platforms. And we always appreciate you taking time with us. Thank you so much. Okay, my pleasure, guys. See you. See you. Have a great weekend. Tim Kirkchen of ESPN on 101 ESPN. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection.